What's up, comedy dorks? This is Ian Astrakiza, and you are listening to Characters. This is a really fun episode. One of my old-time improv friends, uh, and also real-life friends, why not, Eliezer Kramer is here. I haven't seen him or spoken to him in a while. He has recently had a son. So this is big news. He will be joined with Thomas Barnwell, another good friend of mine. I met, or I knew both of these guys back at the Montreal Improv House team a few years ago, Midnight Spew. And uh, they're going to be on the podcast to talk about fatherhood. The one thing that you really do not want to improvise is the relationship that you have with your son. Thomas Barnwell Jr. and Sr. are on the show to help Eliezer Kramer with the new chapter in his life. Enjoy! Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Taking Care of Your Kids. I'm Thomas Barnwell, graduate of Montreal Improv and father of two very lovely children. And on this podcast, we go through the A to Z of improvisers and comedians in Montreal and talk about parenthood, the one thing in life you don't want to improvise is your relationship with your children. And of course, with me, like on every episode, is my very own father. Dad, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I, uh, what is this, episode uh, 72? This is episode, my dad is a very special man because he really keeps on track of everything. Not only is he a very supporting father, but he is also a wonderful producer who keeps track of the notes. This is indeed episode number 72. Okay. Does anybody listen to this thing? Well, the family do back in New York and, uh, I've been told that other members in the Montreal improv community uh, have listened to some of it. In fact, my analytics say that uh, the first five to six minutes tend to be well, well listened to. Um, afterwards, maybe people check out, but that's the nature of podcasts these days, Dad. It isn't like uh, back in the old days of television. Well, well I'll have to take your word for it because I... Whatever, I'm just trying to help you out here. If you, th if you think people want to listen to me, well. I think anyone who is listening to this podcast would know that you are someone who has a lot to add to not only being a good father, but being a good husband. Now, how long have you been married to mom? Oh, I don't know. What is it, uh, 63 years now? <clears throat> Well, that's not only is my father a good producer who takes good notes, he really knows his numbers. It's it has indeed been 63 years. That yeah. is something special. You know in the improv community most marriages don't last 63 months. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of problems today and 
I'm sure uh, the theater isn't the worst of it. So, What are some of the problems that uh, are bothering you, Dad? <sighs> well, I got to spend my Saturday mornings uh, encouraging, my, encouraging you, uh, you know, doing this podcast. I mean, if you think it's worthwhile, that's fine. I'm, I'm here to do it. Uh, I'm happy to help. <clears throat> and then the usual, you know, taxes, death. Yeah. Well, those last two I can certainly understand, Dad, but doing this podcast with me, is you consider that a problem? That's, uh, that's kind of hurtful. No, it's not a problem. I'm just saying, like, you know, I, every week I could be doing something else. I don't, I don't know that I need to be on every week. That's... But I'm happy to be here. That's the main message. So, Me and my dad have made 72 episodes of Dads and Grads. We have interviewed 35 dads. The rest have been grads. We've been doing this for 68 weeks. On some weeks, we've done two episodes. And at the end of this series of podcasts, maybe we'll get to be a little bit closer. What do you think, Dad? Well, maybe. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I think you come into this world alone and you go out alone. So I guess if you get closer to people along the way, that's a bonus. I don't know. I think it's a huge bonus. It's a huge bonus to make a podcast like this where we're not alone. We're doing it together. And we're joined by a very, very special, very funny, talented man. Who, um, who I've known for a number of years, Dad. Uh, he's actually uh, an improviser from the Montreal improv community, which uh, I know I've only recently told you about a few months ago, but it's been something that mm -hmm. I've been doing uh, for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. um, he is someone that um, I've performed with in a number of shows, I think uh, the most recently was uh, in a, a house team that we were both in, where mm -hmm. we did a lot of, Dad, we did a lot of narrative shows. We did a lot of... What uh, is that? Exactly. Is that like a play or something? Or? Exactly. It's like a play. It's like, you know that play that you really like, Glengarry Glen Ross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Kind of defined... It's like a snapshot of my career. <clears throat> well, that one and uh, Death of a Salesman, I know, are, are two of the only plays that you'll, you'll watch over and over and over again because for you, relatability is the most important thing that you look for in your art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but one of the things that improv teaches you is to accept and be comfortable with things that are out of your control. So sometimes I would find myself on a spaceship mining uh, alien ore from an asteroid with this gentleman. Hmm. Sometimes I would find myself, uh, you know, gabbing like a little schoolgirl because, uh, you know, Jimmy didn't invite me to the prom. That Jimmy was played by a 
another young, talented improviser by the name of <laughs> Ian Astrakiza. Well, it sounds like you're starting to gab like a little schoolgirl now. So uh, maybe we better get the ball rolling and introduce your friend here. <clears throat> you know, Dad, I think before we do, one of the things that uh, I would love for you to consider is maybe doing some improv yourself because... You know, before I met this friend of ours, I was also someone who was kind of impatient and and lost his temper very quickly. And sometimes my loved ones were the one, the recipients of the brunt of my anger. Are you telling me there's uh, trouble at home? <laughs> I'm... Don't sob. Just tell me, like a man, what what's going on? Uh, Dad, this is one of the reasons why I do this uh, series of podcasts is because I kind of want to impart some of the things that I have learned from the arguments and difficulties that I've had at home. Mm. So there's always some difficulties, but I think with your help and with our guests, who is here waiting patiently <laughs> will be able to to help him with a very very special event in his life because dad i remember when i had julia oh so many years ago remember the first thing you told me uh i think i said don't mess this up and if there's one thing, that one uh, uh, piece of wisdom that we want to impart to our guests, it's not to mess things up because being a father is a privilege and a gift and it's the most special thing in the world. And he's a very funny man. He's very good at improv. But as I mentioned at the top of this show, fatherhood is the one thing you do not want to improvise. Well, if you say so. <laughs> Did you, what, what does that mean? Did you improvise our relationship together? You know, listen, kids, you got to make, let them make their own mistakes, right? I mean, you know, they do what they're going to do. In the end, you don't have that much control over them. So you got to be open. You got to improvise a little bit, you know? Is that for... Now that you're mentioning that, there's actually some things that are becoming clearer, Dad. I remember when we were around the dinner table and you would uh, ask for suggestions of condiments that you would like on your, on your meals. I believe I would ask for suggestions as long as they were only ketchup. <laughs> and that was something that... It took me a really long time to understand. Why didn't you just ask for ketchup? Why, why all these games? Why, uh, why? You know, you gotta, you, you gotta do that with kids, right? You gotta make them feel like they're doing something, they're contributing. You know, I don't know. Uh, didn't that make you feel like uh, you were important? Because pretty soon in life, you're gonna learn you're not that important, right? Well, Dad, I learned that. 
I learned that actually pretty quickly that I wasn't that important. And maybe that's why I really connected to the improv world. It was something that uh, gave me a connection and, and made me feel like what I was doing was at least important in that moment. And this man who we're going to bring on any moment now, I assure you, <laughs> is, is maybe someone who feels that exact same way. You know, Dad, I, I know this pandemic actually hasn't been too different for you. You're not someone who leaves the house very much, and I've always been driving over to your place to drop off food and drop off the kids sometimes, that sort of thing. But uh, it's been very difficult for, for others, for people who did have a community and did have a home away from home and who had friends and who had a life. And I'm not saying you don't have a life. You've lived a very, very long and fruitful life. Too long, maybe? Too long and not as fruitful as you make it out to be. Well, someone who has maybe waited just a little bit too long, we're about to bring this person onto the podcast finally. Thank God. Why do you say that? <laughs> no, you can't keep this poor guy waiting. Come on. You're, you're ruining my Saturday morning. <laughs> You're you're right. It's just it's just I've been having such a good time connecting with you. We've never actually gone on this long in any of our previous seventy-one episodes. Usually the guest and comes that, on yeah. a few minutes into our. Now I know why. Come on, bring this guy on for Christ's sake. My guest is a very talented, very funny, very handsome. He is half of Nani Nani. He is one third of Lizard Business. He was a member of the Montreal Improv House team, Midnight Spew, that I was also a member of, Dad. And most importantly, he's a friend. Eliezer Kramer, how are you? Uh... I'm not sure after that whole, that whole introduction, but uh, let's say that I'm all right. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Tom. It's nice to meet you, Eliezer. I apologize for my. Nice to meet you. I didn't catch your name. Uh, I'm uh, Tom Senior. So. Tom Senior. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Uh, and I know that uh, it's hard to believe, Eliezer, given my advanced age, but I am Tom Jr. Uh, you've always, you've always looked very young in my eyes. Well, one of the things that uh, I really miss and love about improv is the rejuvenating effect that making an audience full of people laugh can induce. It is a magical thing. You guys want me to leave? It sounds like uh, got a love fest going on here. 
There's no love fest going on, Dad. Eliezer is just sleepy because he is a recently... He's a, he's a recent father. Is that I'm right? actually kind of wondering if I should leave. You guys seem to have a lot of stuff to maybe work out between the two of you. I don't... I, mean, I just feel a little bit awkward you asked me to be on this podcast, but it's sounding more and more like a therapy session. I apologize for that. It's, uh, you know... I mean, you shouldn't apologize for your son, son Tom Senior. It's just... I, I'm just calling it as it is do you want me here or not because i i have a son in case you didn't notice and yeah congratulations uh, thank thank you congratulations eliezer i'm so so happy for for what this must be for you thank you i i was pretty happy about it too and until i experienced the relationship between you and your father I start to get a bit worried. I, I, I got to admit, I, I, I'm scared. Eliezer, I can assure you there's nothing to be frightened about. You are a very good man. And I, I, I've known you for a number of years now. How, how long have we known each other? Four or five years now? Yeah, about, about four years, five years. And um, Four four years and and i could tell from the moment i i met you that you had a real nobility to you now i don't mean that in a in a regal sense i don't mean like you were a nobleman although you tend to pick characters that exhibit certain characteristics that could be attributed to someone um of the crown but I mean noble as in the character, as in the, there was a good character to you. Well, f thank you, Thomas. Uh, I don't, I don't know what gave you that impression, but I'm happy that, that you have it. Subsequently, I had to get a new pair of glasses and I saw a different side. I saw a man with a real aggression, sometimes an anger, uh, a desire to control and to dominate, sometimes other performers on scene, on stage. Oh, I thought you were talking about me there. For yeah, so. me too. Wow, okay. But Eliezer, that, yeah. will hold, that will stand, that is going to help you be a good father too because discipline is a very major component i'm starting to understand why your father's so disappointed in you i mean really <laughs> it's look i just like i said you gotta make let kids make their own mistakes do what they're gonna yeah. do he's been he's been fine the, my main thing was I don't want to open up the morning papers and see your name in the paper that you've done something bad because if that happens, then you're out of my life. And, and I, me, I can and, relate to that. And let Thomas. me remind you, Eliezer, sorry, that uh, my father relates with Willie Loman from Death of a Salesman. So him being disappointed in me really doesn't say that much. Sorry, Eliezer. I was just saying that uh, I can relate to that because 
every day when I look at my son in his one-month-old eyes, I, I think the same thing. I, I just think I got to keep him out of trouble, keep him from making mistakes that would be so big that they would, you know, put him on the front page of the newspaper. But I, I also let him make his own mistakes. He's made a lot of mistakes. I mean, uh, in, in his one month uh, on this earth, I mean, he's made more mistakes than I can count. Uh, but, you know, they got to make them. Well, and, like um, su such as what? What would be a mistake that he has made recently? Um, Like I got a new shirt yesterday and he threw up on it. Uh, that was a mistake. Uh, that was rude. It's not something that you should do to <clears throat> your caretaker. Yeah. Um, but I let him do it. And... But, yeah, you know, I, I, if I can just jump in here, you know, I mean, they can't really control that at that age. But like uh, Thomas here, he threw up on my shirt when he was 15, right? And uh, so that's unforgivable. Well, that's despicable. I mean, that's yeah. just, hmm. I mean, I know that's, I know they can't really control that. Although sometimes I, sometimes I think he's trying to spite me. You know, he has this little look in his eye and then he does something like that. You know, well, that's, like, that's very that's, possible. A few days ago, he peed on me and he smiled while he was doing it. Uh, I well, think yeah. that he's pretty aware of what he's doing. But, well, you know, El Eliezer, I did that to my dad when I was 50. So you know, even yeah. at that age. Well, I hope there was a jellyfish involved because I, <laughs> not, I, I don't know what. Uh, Thomas doesn't want to tell you, but he's had some prostate problems. So whenever, if, when he's got oh, dad. The, the urge to go, he goes, you know, so... Uh, yeah, Eliezer, I, I don't want you to, this may happen where your son may have certain physical ailments uh, that maybe more old people are familiar with, and he will have them before you do. And I don't want you to let that really get into his head, so. All right. Again, guys, if, if you need me to step out, I, I don't mind. Does your son I, have prostate difficulties? Um, he, he definitely has trouble controlling his bladder, uh, but I don't know. I don't think he has prostate. Do they have? What? So he's a little oh, young. That's that. right. Yeah. Prost prostates grow does he have a, later. Does he have a prostate? I don't know. I, you know. He does, but he's not they, using it. I assure you. <laughs> kind of like Thomas here. He's not using it. So. Uh, it, yeah. It's it's you know, dormant. It's, it lies dormant until until Tom, puberty. Thomas uh, Junior, you know, if we could just say now that my son's prostate is not going to be part of this conversation. I, okay, that's I think I, that's. I, yeah. I I don't want to discuss that. I didn't think I was going to come on to this podcast no. talking about yeah. my one month. Let me uh, ask you something, Eliezer, just to change this. See that what what is Thomas wearing there? Is that a, like a baseball jacket or something? Where'd you get that thing? I don't know. I've been, uh, Dad, I'm trying to become cooler with the young, hip crowd that like improv. They also like sports. <laughs> well, that was always your problem, wasn't it, Tom? What? You what? tried a little bit too hard on stage. You tried to. You always have to play the young guy. 
I I mean, if yeah, anything, you're, you're, I remember. <laughs> if anything, I remember my notes being something along the lines of, "Please, Thomas, please show some emotion for the love of God. Please try one percent." <laughs> I think that you uh, did a bit too much. You tried a little bit too much to always play the mm. the cool guy. The, you needed the spotlight. You needed to. I mean, and that was fine. It was nice, but you know. You were telling me that I was aggressive on stage and taking the, you know, taking too much place. But, you know, let's mm -hmm. be honest. Whenever whenever we're in a high school team, you have to be the football player. You have to be the the jock. I mean, you have to, you know, just steal the performance. Sometimes mm -hmm. it just affected the show. Uh -huh. Hey, look, Thomas, maybe you just don't have a knack, a talent for this kind of thing, this little theater group you and your friends do, you know? Well, I mean, maybe maybe that's something that's just your opinion because I can recall many, many scenes and admittedly, yeah, maybe I'm a bit of a spotlight hog and I hogged it from, you know, I, I took it from other people. Yeah, you know, yeah. why, why not let the spotlight shine on uh, other performers like, uh, like Ian for a, for a change? Well, I think Ian, out of all the people, Ian did not deserve the spotlight. God, that guy was a little bit of a, a little bit of a creep. I don't know. Wow. Whenever he had the spotlight, he would do something crazy, like take off his shirt, and nobody wanted to see that. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, anyways, I'm just glad Ian's not here. Like, can we just not talk about that guy? Uh, point taken. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Dad, one of the things that um, Eliezer is very, very good at doing, and if we can take a little step back from... Oh, my voice cracked, Dad, because I'm still young at heart. Maybe, uh, maybe you're finally reaching puberty. Settle down, boys. Let's, uh, let's... I, think he, I think Thomas was about to compliment me. Oh, okay. For the shit all day. He's, he's very, very good at doing Shakespearean improv. Um, now, my dad, uh, Eliezer, is not a fan of Shakespeare. He thinks uh, people like Shakespeare and Chaucer are a little bit, in his words, fruity. But he's a big fan of modern playwrights like, like right Arthur. There. Yeah, I'm sobbing. Because I'm such a big fan of Shakespeare, but how he, sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. That's Shakespeare. Oh, you, Eliezer, oh, Eliezer. See, he that's remembered the my birthday present. That's the difference between his generation. That's the difference between his generation and yours. When people of, of Tom Senior's generation, when they don't like something, they're at least informed about it. But mm -hmm. you know. Junior, uh, with with you, you know, you just you don't like something because you, because a friend of yours says it, or because you read it on, you know, a post or something. Are you talking? Like, to, are you talking to your son? Who are you talking to here? I'm talking to you. I'm saying the difference between your father's generation and your generation is just that, at least if your father's generation didn't like something, they had mm. reasons for it. You know. That's right. Mm. Us boomers are very capricious. Um, now, I, 
Eliezer. Um, I'm a big fan of Shakespeare is what I was trying to get at. So I really, really enjoy your work with uh, the very lovely and talented Monica Schneider. I also wanted to give her a little shout out. And I wanted to ask a little bit about the creative process. How did you get this idea? How do you make it work? You know, is Ian involved? Uh, you know, these sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ian is, I mean, not involved. Uh, he has Boy, nothing this, to do with This Ian show. sounds like a piece of work. Why? Uh... Anyway. Mean, that's... He's not here. He's trying to put himself in the scene. As we, uh, what? Um, okay. So we, um, we did a festival um, with, a, with a, another group of ours called Spack in Vermont and we saw uh, two people do a uh, an eight minute scene um, where they were dressed up uh, and you know acting as if they were in a Shakespearean play it was a lot of fun and uh, and so we decided to do that we uh, got the uh, guidance of the wonderful Kyla Margaret and uh, we just started working on you know, the themes uh, from that one one sees in Shakespeare's plays and different characters. And I mean, you know, we, we just try and, and, and sort of live in that world. I mean, I don't want your listeners to get the wrong impression. We're not, we don't, you know, improvise in prose or anything like that. We just mm. sort of, we dress up and we... It's like Renaissance improv with Shakespearean themes, right? So you don't do uh, bits or you don't deliver an iambic pentameter? Well, I mean, every now and then it might come out, but it's not a... Those are bursts of, of spontaneity. I'd say it's not, not always planned. Now, Dad, I want to assure you that... Um, Despite uh, despite what you just saw, Eliezer can really command an audience uh, when he's on stage doing improv with Nani Nani, um, with Lizard Business, which I'd like to talk about as well. When he gets up there, there's a gravitas, there is a charisma, there is sometimes even a pathos um, that is that just emanates from his eyes and from from his body, his character work. Well, a pathos. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, uh, I'm sure people like it. Uh, why don't you do something like that, Thomas? Well, I have uh, what we call more of a straight man delivery. I'm more of a voice of reason type, so I'm quite good uh, sort of deflecting the crazy back into the scene, um, which is a little bit of a different talent but a very very noticeable talent um, I'm also good at singing I like to sing I like to do musical improv um, and I'm you sing you sing well listen I only with the accompaniment of guitar and piano but uh, that does happen I'm also starting to get into magic The card game or actual magic? The card game. Oh, oh God. Yeah. But but look, I, <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but I mean and I'm I'm gonna sound a little bit selfish here, but who is this 
who is this interview about? I mean, I... it's all about you, Eliezer. You okay, are so the number one guest. Let's get it back on track then. All right, you're you're going to say something about my pathos. Just that, just that you know, you you are a very very charismatic performer, and that is something that comes across in Nani Nani, and that's also something that comes across in in lizard business, which I've seen a couple of times. Is that something that you can tell us a little bit about? Uh, sure, lizard business um, is a we're a trio of performers. Ian Astrakiza, as you mentioned, uh, and our good friend Nero. Um, we um, we tend to we call it lizard business because we tend to deal with slimy subjects. I mean, it's it's not necessarily by choice. It's just that if you're in a scene with Ian, it, things are going to get a little bit nasty, and um, so I mean that's that's kind of our shtick. We um, Look, don't get me wrong. Ian, Ian's, uh, Ian's a good guy, but um, he's just—he just—he brings a certain thing to the table, which I'm okay with. Uh, but you know, you have to be prepared. So we we call it lizard business, and uh, we deal with the absurd, with the with gross things, with horrible subjects and uh you know sometimes we get a laugh i think i was one of those laughers well that very well may be the case um thank you dad what what, what do you what do you make of all this well it's i now get the connection with this ian guy but uh yeah i haven't seen any of these shows so i i don't really know and i still haven't told my family my wife and my two daughters that I do this podcast. Um, yeah. I'm very, very private person. I like to keep. Uh, or how about you, Eliezer? Are you a private person? Does your family know that you do comedy? These sorts of uh, things. Uh, well, as you should know, Thomas, uh, my my brother uh, joined improv after you know, seen a show of mine, as did my father. Uh, we have very good relationships. It's nothing like, like what I see here. I mean, my, you know, my father said, oh, improv looks like fun. I'll do it. When my brother and I were younger, we would uh, take skateboarding lessons at Taj Mahal, mm. Skateboard Park in Montreal. My, my father said, you know what, I'll do that too. We had a, you know, really, really good relationship. And, uh, you use the past it tense. You, you had a good relationship. Well, you know, I I just mean growing up. I mean, we mm. still do before the pandemic. I mean, now, you know, now do you really have a good relationship with anyone? Do relationships even exist with the people that aren't in your home? It's a good point. It's a good point for you, Dad. I still see. Yeah, that. I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we don't overdo it, uh, you know, and we do this thing every week for however long that's going to last, and I'm sure I'll see you around someday when you need. Does your father years. know that I, uh, I was in the I won three PO with uh, Pisco Sour? Did you tell him that? 
So I don't even know. Is this English? What are you talking about? No, here? pisco sour is a Spanish. Uh, it's a drink that you can find in Chile. It's so um, you want to you want a drinking contest. He won a drinking contest. He won a drinking contest. No, I by it was a wet T-shirt contest, and you had to drink all the pisco sour. Wow. Uh, look! Look! You, you invite me onto this podcast. You, you, you say I'm charismatic. You don't even talk about the the championship team I was in. Let me talk about naughty, naughty and lizard business. What about Pisco Sour? I mean, we won. We won three PO. Okay. I mean, we're big shit. Okay. I think you touched the nerve there, Thomas. You offended our guests. I've offended Eliezer. That's right. Uh, I, I think that, I've that, been that, offended I'll... since the moment I got on. You know, listening to the two of you bicker, you know, hearing me be described in, described in an almost sexual way and, uh, you know, not even having my real real accolades mentioned. I mean, that's right. Pisco that's Sour, right. talk about it. Okay, I will talk about it. So... They did win. Uh, you know that um, uh, that Star Wars character, three CPO, uh, uh, Dad. You know Star Wars, right? Three PO. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's one of those uh, robots. There, they won one of those robots. Yeah, um, but know, but very very importantly, your Eliezer is correct that I did I failed to mention his crown his crowning achievement. When he composed the music for The Fifth Dentist, which is God. a short film that had huge rave reviews. And I'll, I'll show it to you at the end of this podcast, Dad. Now, he did win an award. So this is even more prestigious than, mm. than, than, the, than a Star Wars figurine. This was an award that said best sound and music at the Toronto Underground Horror Festival. Wow, sounds very niche, but uh, congratulations. Thanks. I, I, you know, Thomas is uh, forgetting to mention that I actually starred in that movie. Oh, is that right? You know, the, 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 the music was just a little bit of... Uh, well, it was just a... A little so favor you, I did to Ian. Ian directed it. I, I owed him some money, so I wrote yeah, the music. Um, and, but I, I think that my true performance in that was as the fifth dentist. And uh, hmm. Wow. So uh, you were in it, and you wrote the music, and what the hell did you do, Thomas? I, I drove the cast and crew around in my van. He held the microphone, I think. I held yeah. the microphone as well. Yeah. Wow. And it was a heavy microphone, Father. Hey, well, you know, I guess you were born to do it. So. You got a producer credit, though. I got a producer yeah. credit, and, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's also a lot of attention that comes when you're in a big, successful production like The Fifth Dentist. It was... Yeah. A little bit difficult to turn away all the the attention I got from the ladies, but uh, as a married man with two lovely children, father, there's n there's no way in hell I would do anything to jeopardize that. You know that. 
So that's your big talent, standing around holding things, microphones and stuff? That is one of the things that I guess women are really looking for these days. Just a man who can stand around and, and hold. Don't you have a wife? <laughs> I, I just said that I would never jeopardize anything yeah. for anyone, but there's a, certain, you... there's a magnetism to me. That maybe. Is that how you guys met? Uh, you were standing around holding something and uh, Jacint came by and said, hey, there looks that guy looks like a good prospect. He can hold stuff. Right. 31 years later, we get married. Can't help but see the parallels between someone holding a microphone and someone holding their dick in their hands. It's just basically what Thomas has been doing this entire interview. I mean, do you want to talk about your role in a movie, or are we going to talk about me a little bit? Because I have a son, he's waiting for me, I could go take care of him, but I I said I would do this podcast, and I just, I don't know. I'm being a little bit annoyed here. It's a good point, because you don't want to ignore your kids. Uh, Look what I have to deal with here. It's my fault. It's my fault. I should have spent more time with him. He would have been but, more manly. But, uh. you're, you're, you're a father. I, I understand you. I mean, you've had, you have had to make compromises. You have to make sacrifices. I mean, we can't be blamed for how our children turn out entirely. I mean, Not entirely, yeah. No, you can only do so much, right? So. But, we're, but we're going to do a lot of that so much for you right now, Eliezer. So right now, we have prepared a list of fatherhood tips that we give almost all of our improvisers, but these ones are particularly oriented towards you, towards your character. Um, Your improv choices have actually determined a lot of the, the, the pointers that we're going to give you. So are you ready? I'm ready, let's go, let's do this. That's a very strange attitude, Eliezer. I'm going to need a more fatherly love approach. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm I yay. But part part of being a father is acting like you give a shit when you don't give a shit. I mean, I I care. I mean, it's acting it's <laughs> acting like you're excited when you're not excited, okay? Woo. My dad yeah, is yeah, nodding it's... away in agreement here. Yeah. It only gets worse as they get older, you know. Tell me about it. Toilet Three training. weeks ago, I wouldn't have imagined what this kid was doing now. But... Yeah. yeah. All right, Dad. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, do you have maybe one thing that you would like to give Eliezer? Uh, well, what can I say? Uh, first thing maybe is they're little manipulators, kids. So, uh, you know, you mentioned your son uh, peed on you and... You think it was out of spite? It probably was, even though he's only 28 days old. 28 days but, later. So don't let them uh, manipulate you. You got to <laughs> stand firm. And, you know, if you want them to go to bed at eight o'clock, no drinks of water, no continual read to me this story you cannot just, let them watch scary movies past their bedtime like 28 days later i thought i thought okay i was trying to listen to your father here he was giving me tips well that's i'm i'm, I'm adding to the tips that, oh, you know, okay so that's no scary movies 
Well, that all seems like sound advice. Um, I, 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 yeah, like I'll be firm with him. I, I won't let him watch scary movies or drink water after bedtime. Yeah, I, he was good. I mean, he wasn't that bad. You know, he wasn't a whiner. But uh, you know, even so, even the good ones, like, uh, and you got to be careful. We said no scary movies, but he would try to watch them anyway. Right. So then it became a little deceitful and a little twisted from watching the scary movies. Yeah. So, no, I understand. I've seen that in his improv. They yeah. say that improv is a is a. Are we talking about we're talking about Ian here? Or? No, we're, we're talking, talking about, about you. you. Your your father doesn't know Ian. I never met Ian. What the hell? Haven't you been what listening? Is it with you That's and the Ian? other. You. Anyways, yeah. thank you. Uh, that's that's a great tip. Uh, I'll be sure to keep it in mind when I'm putting my child to sleep, to bed. Yeah. Uh, I have a tip that I would like to share with you now, Eliezer. Oh, this should be good. <laughs> Make sure, whatever you do, that they learn English now it, it may be it may be I know you're a big uh, this is something we haven't mentioned about Eliezer is that he's a Swedophile uh, meaning that he loves everything about Sweden their monarchy uh, their their uh, clothing styles I, uh, Ikea Ikea uh, various thinkers that may have come from there uh, Ingmar Bergman films. He's a big fan. I believe Persona or Wild Strawberries is one of his favorites. Um, but make sure absolutely that your son learns English. I know it's a big... I, I, you're very excited for them to be immersed in Swedish and maybe Swomi, but uh, that is not going to be or Finnish, or, or, or maybe you want them to learn German or... Um, some other language, but English is really the, the world language. Listen, Thomas, uh, I don't know where the hell you get off telling me how to raise my son. Okay. <laughs> this, well, I, this is really uncalled for. Uh, if I want to teach my kid, you know, Swedish or Finnish or whatever, I'll damn well do as I please. He's going to learn English one way or another. I, I never called you up and told you how to raise your daughters. Frankly, I'm surprised at how you did manage to do such a good job. They're lovely. They're lovely women. And, uh, you know, but you're just not. You're out of line. OK. Yeah. I mean, how, how much left? How much more time do we have left? In this? All right. I apologize. I retract that one if you don't like I'm it. Teach my kid English. Just between you and me, Eliezer, it was the mother that uh, Thomas is. I can right. relate. I, no. I can relate. I mean, uh, that's for another podcast. I, think. I guess, yeah. but you know, it, it, another thing you want to teach him Swedish. Like we 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 spent a ton of money trying to give Thomas, you know, like a little edge, piano lessons, and. Uh, karate and this and that you know he doesn't do any of that today so no, maybe he he's well, uh, but he sings I, I, he's, he sings and i sing, <laughs> I sing. 
Uh, but you know, let's let's face it; it's a little like every single other person in the world he sings. But I mean, yeah. all right, Dad, do you have maybe a second uh, tip that you'd like to give Eliezer? Well, I don't know what the answer to this one is, but uh, like Thomas is, he's running around with people half his age at this uh, little theater mm. group doing plays, whatever. I don't, I don't even really know what it is, but. Uh, you know, get your kid, get your son interested in something, uh, something good and healthy, mm. and you know, encourage, give him a good education, and you know, he'll find his way. Not like uh, Bilbo Baggins here. So. <laughs> what? Bil- why? Why Bilbo? No one has ever called me Bilbo Baggins, Dad. I don't know. He's. You're just kind of wandering the countryside, uh, living under a tree. I don't know what the hell you're doing. So. Well, thanks, thanks for that. It's, uh, it's another. It's a great piece of advice. I'll definitely try and get my son interested in things that are relevant to him, his age group, and won't make him seem like an outcast. And uh, sure, uh, thanks. Yeah, he was never a popular kid. I don't know. Anyway, well, I don't want to go into it. But look, for there to be popular kids, there have to be unpopular kids. And I mean, you know, it's just yeah. sometimes it's just the way things are. Yeah, but you know, he had a good circle of friends, and uh, thank God for that. Uh, you know, I liked some of his friends mm. more than him, actually. Well, well that, that's I, normal. I mean, I mean, listen, it. Honestly, if I wasn't spending so much time with my friends, maybe I'd be spending more of that time with you. I I don't want to spend more time with you. I think you're we're just doing fine on that score. But... Well, that's why I'm saying that I should do even more improv then. Hey, whatever you want to do is fine. You know, just as long as it's legal and you don't bring shame upon the family. So... Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought my newborn child was needy, but <laughs> I mean, gosh, this is a little bit out of control. Eliezer, I have a second tip for you, a second oh, fatherhood Jesus. tip. <laughs> yeah. Make, make sure that your son grows a beard. Okay? He needs to. <laughs> How the hell do you even know you'll be able to grow a beard? Okay? Not all people can grow I'm, beards. I'm, I mean... I'm telling you, beards uh, suggest. Ah, maybe nobility, especially coming from you, from your lineage. And I don't mean your heritage. I mean your actual genetic lineage. Um, But I also think beards suggest uh, authority. And you're going to want your son to have every leg up. And you're right. Myself, I don't grow beards very well. It takes a very long time. The last time I had to grow one was for a movie that I was kicked out of because I ate too much at craft services. Well, let me, wow. let me, can I, uh, Elliot, her, the, uh, they're like, all this, they're like, you fucking asshole, we're never going to have you again, you ate all the sandwiches. I, I told you, I told you, don't overdo it. Just because it's free doesn't mean you need to take everything. He was leaving the trailer, apparently, with uh, complete trays of sandwiches. He thought he was going to bring this food home. 
for Mike, for for wow. for Catherine and for Julia and for Jess yeah, and, who all love anyway, sandwiches. The point is, you know, I've had this ongoing battle with him over facial hair, and he's trying to look cool. You know, for a man his age, it's just not becoming. Uh, you know, get rid of the ponytail, get get rid of the beard. Well, you know, all I got to say is don't tell me what kind of personality my kid should have, okay? You want to do this little fatherly advice thing, okay, but know your boundaries, okay? Nobility, authority, whatever. That, how my child's going to be has nothing to do with your worldview, Thomas, yeah. okay? So back off. Sweden has a king, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, on that, do you have a third uh, fatherhood tip that you'd like to give, uh, Dad? Uh, you know, study something practical in school, like engineering or medicine. Or, you know, don't, don't do uh, English or arts or whatever. I mean... I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's nice to know, but... Uh, you might find yourself living the life of a Jack Lemon in a Glengarry Glen Ross situation. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or working as a cashier at uh, Provigo, you know? So, not that that's, that's an honest living, but you don't go to university to get that job, right? No, I think, you know, if right, I'm going to send my kids to university, I want them to be right. able to... to to do something afterwards no i mean not write poems so thanks again yeah i i'm afraid to hear what's next oh i thought maybe we would actually dissect and analyze that a little bit more before we jumped into my oh boy okay what do you got all right i'll just i'll just <clears throat> now eliezer not only are you a great improviser not only are you a great friend, not only are you a friend of Ian Astrakeesus, but you are also a father, and that's the most important thing you will ever be. There's nothing that's more important than that moving forward. And I know you Can have... I? Oh, yes, then. I just want to jump in here. That that's the speech he used to give me uh, before he wanted to borrow money from me. Okay, mm. so just and it worked back in 1978, but then then Reagan happened. So you know, yeah. trickle down economics. All of all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my dad got wise to my uh, schemes. So see, I told you they're manipulators. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that was point well, one. That's true. But l let me let me talk. Let me just tell you one thing, Eliezer. Because if there's one thing that I really learned in improv, it is to listen. To listen to your partner. Now, in the case of maybe I'm doing. Uh, remember, uh, we were on the narrative team together, which we didn't talk too much about. Midnight spew. And I would maybe do scenes with you, or with Monica or or with Ian and you know you were all so funny and you had so many good ideas that it would be good to just listen and just to yes and that as opposed to really 
throwing myself in there. And now I know that sometimes I overstep my boundaries, and by sometimes I mean almost always, um, because I was a scene hog. But listening is something that I've really, really learned uh, helped everything. And if you just listen to your son, to what he's saying, to what he's asking from you, and not just listening to his words, but his body. Do you know what I mean by that? That that doesn't that sounded strange, but watch his 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 body movements, his object work, and that will help you communicate better with your son because that's something that maybe so me and my dad don't don't do well. I mean, I, I don't know what it is that I've done or said that would make you think that I don't listen to my child, that I don't communicate with him, that I'm not, aside from this freaking podcast here, that I'm not with him for every single minute of the day tending to his needs. I mean, who the hell do you think you are? I mean, you, yeah, you say we're friends, but, you know, I don't know about that anymore. You 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 bring me on this podcast to to listen to you quabble with your father. You insult me. And, now, and then you tell me how to raise my son. Guys, I, I'm just about done with this. Um, I, I, I don't know. This, this really wasn't... I was really, I was, I, was, I was really hoping for a cathartic emotional U-turn, but maybe... <laughs> this isn't an improv scene, Thomas. This is life. Okay? Well, I got to tell you, for you to say that listening is so important, when did you listen to me? Did sorry, huh? What? Say that again. When did you listen to me, Thomas? You're giving lessons to other people about they should be good listeners. Holy cow! All right, fine. Fuck. Hey, hey. This hey. is this is the real Thomas Barnwell. <laughs> Language, please. Okay. This is the real Thomas. <laughs> Oh my God! Life is hard. Don't I you always see? knew it was a mask. Wow, I uh, I don't know where the hell that's coming from. But, uh... I'm I really miss improv. I need an audience. I need to make people laugh. Oh, here we go. Yeah, he needs to toughen up a bit. James okay, James know. won't answer. James McGee won't answer my calls. I haven't been at home with James in so long. Who the hell I've is never James been McGee? On at home with James. I'm not crying about it. God. <laughs> just uh, just uh, are there any sandwiches? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. Uh, I I've had enough. Uh, yeah, sorry. This didn't go as well. Nani nani, half of nani nani, a winner of three PO. Signing off. Bye. <laughs> Love me. Oh, for God's sakes, pull it together. <laughs>